0: In James Whale's classic Bride of Frankenstein from 1935, the troubled creator of the Karloff monster, Henry Frankenstein, played by Colin Clive, is invited to the home of the mad scientist Dr. Pretorius, played by Ernst Thesiger. Yes, it's one mad scientist meeting another mad scientist. It happens sometimes, you know. Dr. Pretorius offers Henry a glass of gin and delivers a classic toast. To a new world of gods and monsters. (laughs) Then he goes about to show different monsters and creations that he has done, trying to convince poor Henry to create a new creature, a more successful one than the sad Boris Karloff variety of the previous film. And we all know how that ends. But creating gods and monsters is not just a pastime for mad scientists. It's also a thriving business for talented artists in the VFX world. There are constant demand of new gods and monsters all the time for both films and games. So how do you come up with a unique monster? How do you design it and how do you make it come alive? It's
1: alive! It's alive!
0: It's alive! It's alive! alive. alive. Welcome to Yellow Brick Road, a podcast about visual effects, animation and digital mastery. Today we're going to talk creating gods and monsters. Hi everybody, I'm Niels Lagergren, your friendly voice in the VFX world. I'm sitting here together with three of my favorite monster experts from Goodbye Kansas. VFX supervisor Stefan Linder, character artist Daniel Bustet and director Fred Lerberg. Welcome guys. Staffan, you worked with animation and visual effects for decades now. Uh, how did you start in the business? Oh, uh, by creating gods and monsters, I
1: guess. <laughs> <laughs> I started out as a... Well, I've been a, a monster fan since since I was a small kid. And uh, try, I built model kits, and that was my way into this mad business. <laughs> <laughs> I sculpted my own creatures and monsters and, and, and went from there, basically, and, and turned digital. Some... Fifteen years ago now,
0: and Daniel, when did you realize you wanted to work in this amazing industry?
2: Yeah, I actually wanted to be a a lawyer or a doctor, but my my parents forced me into this industry <laughs> <laughs> uh, no not really but uh, i uh, I was working earlier at uh, cinema, actually me and Fred, we worked at the same yeah. company, yeah. I was a projectionist. Uh, and I was a, in the end, human resource manager, and I, uh, I wanted to manage monsters instead of uh, coworkers. I guess. <laughs> I'm just seeing a lot of movies, and it's interesting because like when you are not in the industry and not connected to it, it seems pretty far away and sort of impossible to get in. But once you start and get a lead in, you just continue and uh, suddenly you're working with these amazing
0: people. I work at Goodbye Kansas, and, uh, you know, life is grand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I mentioned Frankenstein and his bride, and we're going to talk about monsters. Uh, How has uh, Frankenstein's monster and his bride aged? Have they aged well, you think, Stefan?
1: Well, I think, I mean, the design is classic, and the design is timeless, sort of, with a at least when it comes to uh, the Boris Karloff monster, I mean, with a square head and everything. The film in itself might not have aged that well, in my opinion. I mean, it's a classic, but uh, it it was an, in a very experimental period when uh, sound films just came out, and it's uh, a bit of pacing, a bit of storytelling, and a bit of uh, editing and sound editing that... that uh, Sort of lacks, I think, and it didn't. I mean, just ten years later, films were much more solid than than uh, at this area.
0: But it, there's still some great acting, though. It the, is Doctor Pretorius. <laughs> I love him.
1: <laughs> no overacting at
0: all. <laughs> so. Do you have a favorite monster, uh, something you would have loved to create? Uh, Stefan? you worked on Peter Jackson's King Kong as an animator, mm-hmm. so I guess you love <laughs> that big old ape. Oh. But, but we'll talk more about King Kong in another episode, so, so you can't choose Kong. Okay. No worries. So, who is your favorite monster? <laughs> Oh
1: I I have to say Nosferatu uh, it's such a weird character and it, it it's so creepy you don't I I think that's it, it, it's sort of it's the essence of what is creepy because you can't really make out the character it's like it is a mystery and you can't see if he's angry or even surprised or it's just a weird expression in his face and it's <laughs> so creepy with those small uh, f- rat fangs. And I just love that.
3: But uh, but he's a vampire, right? He's a vampire. Yeah, so what, what differentiates him between like the classic Dracula or any other modern vampire? What, I, th- what... I think that it is the fact that you can't read his face. Also, he doesn't glitter
2: in the sunshine. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> luckily. <laughs> luckily. No, but the thing is, I mean, it's the same with, with uh, Jason or, or uh, Michael Myers or all those classics. It's uh, a neutral face that you can't make out and that makes it very scary because you can't read what he's thinking. And you yeah. can't even, when it comes to Nosferatu as opposed to other vampires, you can't even make out if he's angry or after you, he's just creepy. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's, but that's sort of, uh, yeah, it's interesting with that type of character or monster, whereas uh, they're basically like a question or a, a mystery of types.
1: Yeah, like and, it, uh,
2: and since we're so scared of the unknown, yeah,
1: that's basically it, I think. that That's what makes it so scary. You can't make him out you can you can't sort of figure out what he's thinking or what his purpose is you know that he's scary yeah. and he's dangerous but you can't read him <laughs> yeah i agree
0: he, like, he's just interested in buying real estate in london <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> <was his> <laughs> if you've the movie yes that's <laughs> that's his drive
3: it's uh, it's really interesting that you said that because like my answer is um and it's very cliche but it's uh the original Alien. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't think of it in that perspective. I mean I think the design of Alien is it's classic and it's timeless mm-hmm. and it's so well designed. But but, but it's the, the, but, but the
0: Alien that. doesn't show emotions either. Exactly.
3: And I I mean it I mean you, you, I guess, you can say it shows emotions when it brings out the the tiny mouth.
1: Yeah, you know, you know, you know what he's after, but yeah. you know, you don't know what he's thinking or exactly. what what he is. I mean, I mean, I, I remember yeah. I saw the premiere, not the premiere, but I saw the film in the cinema. I'm that old, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, and I remember the the fact that you couldn't really.
2: Understand how this creature actually looked or functioned. Yeah, but that, that's such a classic like trick. It works really well when you have, you never show the monster full out. Like uh, you hide it in the shadows or whatever. It, it's like you let the mind of the spectator kind of fill in the blanks, mm. and that's yeah. always so much more uh, like uh, horrible than yeah. what you could ever create. Yeah.
0: In an earlier episode of, of this podcast, we, we talked about the different steps uh, in character creation, uh, like, like concept art, 2D sketches, modeling and stuff. Uh, how does creating a monster differ from creating a normal character? Well, I, if you ask me, I would say that it's um, th- there is less
2: constraints. So, like, if you create a human, you want to have, like... You want to have correct measurements and stuff like that. You want to have a good reference, Uh, but with creatures and monsters you can really go nuts as long as they have some sort of um, ground in nature or um, I mean anatomy and stuff like that. Mm. But usually it's,
3: um, I think it's just much more fun. But isn't it also, I mean, I, I agree with you that you can go nuts, but don't you have to adhere to what you want to tell in the story? I mean, if, if, I mean if, you want a, if, if you want King Kong, if you want an <laughs> ape that is 30 meters tall, but, I mean, you yeah. can't do King Kong with a gorilla-sized ape.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, but it's one of those things. This is my personal preference, but it's like uh, in the old days, you would have a monster. It's like, let's have an uh, alligator, but really make it big. That's really <laughs> scary. It's not it, it's not a creation process really. It's just have something and make it big. a bit worse. Uh, yeah. It feels slightly lazy l- 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 yeah. to me. Yeah. I
1: think I think also that is uh, if if I may say so a very americanized way of of solving the scary problem. Make it yeah. big. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because, I mean, More explosions. Yeah, because the the european <laughs> approach to it has never been to make it bigger. It's mm. more like in the tradition of Nosferatu. I think it make it more scary, more more unusual, more yeah, m- m- more different than what you're used to see, and and that's what makes it scary, I think. But as as Fred said, I mean, it's very important that you keep in tradition uh, in 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 context of what what the monster is about. And I also agree with with the fact that you need to be close to nature. You have to follow the nature nature's rules, often, uh, to make sense. Because otherwise, you would you would stop being scared and start start analyzing what's
3: yeah, yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. going I, on here. Why exactly. is that? I mean, <laughs> and I've seen
1: that quite a few times. I but
3: think. but if if I mean like, if we go back to Alien, mm-hmm. what is Nate? I mean, it's based on Giger's design, and mm-hmm. he has very organic stuff. So it, I mean that in itself is nature I guess yeah. but what makes the design of alien uh, I think I think one of the most intriguing things in alien
1: and also as it has shown throughout the, the series is the life cycle of mm. the alien to 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 get its purpose I mean in the first film they actually explain the whole life cycle it's it's uh, sort of a an egg planted with a, a, a planting organ the face hugger that plants the alien creature inside the stomach and then at least in the original designs and the original concept and in the director's version you also see the full process of human being transforming into an egg mm. so that is the whole life cycle explained in the first film and i think that's also one of those things and i know since i worked at weather that they are very very meticulous about uh, having all the creatures t- t- making sense with all the creatures so that every creature the, it's not just a design thing it's also
0: purpose it needs to have purpose yeah. yeah and i mean alien is also i mean all the stuff that it does do exist at our, but with insects yeah, like lying yeah. egg. But maybe not yeah, face yeah. huggers. But, <laughs> but, but, but <laughs> actually,
2: that's like one of my favorite designs is the face hugger itself. Mm-hmm. And that is like uh, the parts of it ha- is very purposeful. It needs to grab onto your face mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> insert, the- <laughs> insert a little... Love (laughs) (laughs) fingers. Yeah, yeah, and the whole... No, it's just great. And the the scary fingers that are like too Mm. big and stuff like that. And Mm. like when it escapes in the first scene and you don't know where it is, just look around and yeah, it really works. Yeah, it does.
0: But but it's obviously inspired by actual animals in a way, at least partly. Uh, But... Where do you find inspiration if if you want to create a new monster, a new creature?
2: Yeah, I would I would say that I usually go to uh, the animal kingdom, and uh, I mean, um, insects are. Uh, I they're mean, scary. In- insects and uh, like deep sea creatures are really interesting yeah. because they they um, they are working so much different than what we are used to. I kind of think like when you have. Uh, a classic is like, oh, let's make a wolf or a bear, and make it scary. It's it's not that, it's not that interesting to me. It needs to be pushed further out. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah, you know? and fu-
1: further from what we're used to. Mm. Exactly. To make it more alien. Yeah,
0: I agree. Could you make anything into a monster? I mean, could you, for example, take this microphone I have in front of me right now and turn that one into a monster design? <laughs> Yeah, I would say yes, because
2: uh, you, you always, you can, I wouldn't say like you have a microphone and put some fangs on it. That would be uh, not so scary. But having it as an inspiration for a silhouette and something like that, like this microphone with some, yeah, w- w- putting stuff on top of it would mm. work.
1: Yeah. I think one, one good good example of that is... It's not a very good movie, but it's a very scary, uh, sc- scary mm, thing. If you will, it's uh, Jeepers Creepers. Mm-hmm. If you saw that, yeah, uh, oh, it's an old the '90s one
2: with the sludge uh, thingies.
0: He wakes uh, no, up every no. hundred years.
1: Yeah, and and the thing is that he's uh. introduced in the film uh, driving a car. And that car was so scary. It it was just an ordinary pickup in Texas or whatever, uh, very rusty. But it looked like a monster, even though they didn't do much to Mm. it. And it's fantastic because it is so tense. And that car just uh, appears and follows those two uh, protagonists
3: that that are doing a a road trip throughout the U.S. That that reminds me of, I think it's the the Stephen King book and movie of the, the cars. Christine. The cars that come to life and all that stuff. Yeah. I remember, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, what was that one called? It was re- Christine, but Christine is basically also yeah, saying But I remember idea. as a kid, uh, yeah. I, I was scared <laughs>
0: of those mean trucks Isn't it and like cars. is like Maximum Overdrive? Yeah, 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 it yeah could it is. Be it. yeah.
3: Is that Stephen King?
0: Or yeah, and yeah? it's directed by Stephen King. Oh, really? I, yeah. I still remember the, the trailer for it in which he sits in front of the camera and says, I tried to direct the film and you know, I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's not that no. a uh, good but it's, uh,
2: it's a great way of getting your uh, kids scared of cars so yep.
0: they yeah. stay out of of the I'm, street And of but course, I,
1: when we talk about uh, a, a solid object being scary, uh, of course we have to mention uh, was it Sp- uh, Spielberg's first? No, it wasn't Oh Spielberg. yeah
0: yeah the duel
1: yeah. Uh, the duel yeah, that's a scary car:
0: <laughs> The huge yeah, truck yeah, that yeah. hunts yeah. them, and you never get to see the driver.: no. Exactly. So that's, once again, someone that you don't see uh, and yeah, no expressions. Yeah, it's just a is, car. Yeah.
1: And the thing with that is that it's not a very scary car. It's just a truck.
0: But it's relentless. Yes. Daniel, uh, you, you, you've created quite a lot of monsters through the years. What's your favorite monster creation?
2: Uh, You mean that I've done myself?
0: Yeah. That is a trickless question.
2: I'm usually just not satisfied with the stuff I do. (laughs) 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 Just thinking that I will make better next time. Um, But I would say the best experience is that when you work in a team and you hand your creature over to someone else Hmm. and you see that person sprinkle their uh, magic on top of it, like having an animator just uh, having the creature move in a really nice way and having, like, lighting artists put it in a shot and just making everything look really good. That's very, very satisfying, I would say.
0: What makes a monster into a success?
2: Well, I would say um, having it pop without (laughs) losing believability, Mm -hmm. sort of like we discussed before. Um having it look unique but yeah but but not too far out um i mean another of my favorite uh, monster characters is uh, actually predator from mm-hmm. the old mm-hmm. uh, arnold schwarzenegger movie was uh, designed by Stan Winston. I well,
1: yeah, and yeah. Steve Wang who was his one of his uh, proteges yeah, and, uh,
2: yeah. and it was an interesting story there. Yeah. They they had another uh design before yeah. which was really horrible. Yeah. It's uh-huh. in the in the DVD extras. <laughs> uh, it's right, right. real yeah. watch it folks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think also one, one thing that is very important when you design monsters uh, basically the same concept as making a story or, or directing a movie it's like what scares you if you want to if if you want to scare someone uh, try to scare yourself with it mm. if you feel that you get goosebumps or uh, <laughs> then you know that you're onto something and, and I would yeah. guess that, that that's the best way of, of designing a monster just go for what your your gut tells you
0: the good old gut feeling yeah I mean, these days there are thousands of monsters in films and games and everywhere. How do you make sure that your new monster that you create, that it's unique? And how important that... is uniqueness? Yeah,
2: I mean, it is hard, of course. And I think that everyone, and it doesn't matter if you're like a musician or a storyteller or a designer, you always... Um, Evolve on someone else's work sort of because you you um look at stuff that you like and you sort of take it into your um, visual library and um, work on top of that, but saying that it's I think it's really important not to uh, copy other people uh, because then it's there's no point, but um it's like uh, there's this saying like uh, every poet is a thief, I guess. <laughs> so, uh,
0: something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Fred, uh, in your trailer for Conan Exiles, the game, uh, our favorite barbarian is pitted against some pretty fearsome beasts there out in the desert. Uh, how did you go about to design those? Uh, what, what references did you find for those? I love that you call it my trailer. That's, yeah, uh, but you directed it. Yeah. <laughs> I directed the <laughs> trailer, but yeah. But it is a teamwork. It is we a teamwork, yes. It's always a
3: Because yeah. um, I'm a humble director. I don't like me, me, me. But but if anyone's listening wants to give me uh, an opportunity to direct a motion picture, <laughs> no. Um, so um, uh, without actually thinking about it in those terms, I actually looked to a lot towards nature. Of course, it was um, it was a cat creature. I knew I kn- I wanted some sort of four legged cat beast. I did a lot of uh, research of Conan lore and different types of uh, creatures and animals. But I uh, and but I wanted something that was evolved and. Uh, And I mean, in our production time, we didn't have that long, uh, but I sort of went back to the dinosaurs and, okay, they have plates, armor plates and spikes and stuff. So I basically just put together uh, uh, a reference sheet of, oh, I like this. And then uh, I sat down with uh, Daniel here and we discussed, like, okay, what can we do? What could be plausible? Uh, How should we bring this together? and then basically just open the, the floodgates. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, but that, that's really
2: a very nice way of working, like you setting a, a frame for where the character should exist within, sort of, and then I can just go um, nuts and um, design stuff. And like uh, we did some uh, takes with like three or five different heads and I think it's, uh, that was very rough sculpted but it's good cool to uh, nice way of doing that in 3D so the director can see how it will work in shots and stuff like that and we also did some motion tests during the design process just to see that it would um move uh, believable sort of uh, so that we could adjust lengths of uh, the legs and tail yeah
3: and and it's a hard thing to do because i mean we're uh, they're huge. Uh, you can't really tell that they're that big in the trailer, but they are huge. I mean, they're almost like shoulder height to to Conan. But at the same time, also because it's Conan, I wanted them to be very quick and nimble, almost like a cheetah. So it was a lot of uh, like back and forth and discussing like how how bulky should they be, contra how slim and and powerful. Uh, and they, you know, and also they they live in the desert and uh, in in. Uh, sand swords and stuff. So we we talked a lot about that and how like how much fur and do the the armor plates really work and does it make sense? Uh, yeah, there was a quite a bit of back and forth there and uh, and I wanted like just not only the the armor plates as as a protection, uh, but uh, also some uh, like the the spikes that they could use uh, for like if they're tackling uh, larger creatures or, or something.
1: I think that's uh, great to, to listen on how you create that because that's the essence of uh, working together as a team also, to feed off of each other's ideas and, and to see how that looks in reality and then come up with new ideas and, and let everyone have the, their creative freedom in it and see what
3: that leads because that's always a very fruitful uh, pr- process. Yeah, I remember one point we had um, on the tail... Of the beast, we had uh, spikes going outward, sort of like um, a Stegosaurus, right? They have, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, that really didn't fit the design or the movement and like how they would be running. So, uh, what we ended up in more of a—it's uh, wrong to say a knife, but uh, uh, that they could use their their uh, um, their tails as a weapon. Mm-hmm. So they had uh, some razor or like. Miniature armor plating on the on the tail, cool
2: yeah, and that and also like um, the design of the character reflects the sort of environment that they live in, uh, of course, you understand that when you see the um, trailer, you know we 're in the desert, but you, it really sort of the color of the animal reflects the, um, the color that you would find on uh, in desert animals, so um, and also the spikes sort of. Um, Uh, You come to think of a scorpion, basically. So Mm -hmm. there's uh, stuff that you unconsciously connect to a desert type of environment. So it it works really well, I think. Monsters exist. Yesterday I was a crackpot. But today...
0: Yes, let's create more monsters because they're fun, and we've been talking a lot about monsters, but this episode is called Gods and Monsters, mostly because I love that quote from Bride of Frankenstein, but but also because gods are interesting as well. There are quite a few gods in films and games, and uh, what rules apply when you design a god character (laughs) as opposed to a monster?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. But I'd say uh, Big Beard and a Halo really <laughs> does it. It's like a no, classic I mean, win. God.
1: I mean, I mean, like, like if we talk about the Conan, I mean, we could translate the god deity to the hero and uh, design Conan as a god of his own, sort
2: of. Like a demigod. Demi-god. Yeah. yeah.
1: Demi-god.
2: But it's interesting uh, if you think about a movie like Stargate. Then it's sort of like um, how the theme of gods in Egypt, like uh, they sort of explain that with Mm. an alien background, which is and that's sort of interesting. And I I mean, I I I like that movie at least when I saw it. Same here, I like that
1: movie. Yeah, it's also great with Neil uh, Diamond's. What's it called? American Gods, Um, because I mean, making gods ordinary human beings having ordinary lives basically forgotten gods. That's, <laughs> I think that's hilarious.
3: And I guess, I mean, if you apply the term gods to uh, the superhero genre, there yeah. are a mm. lot of godlike True. characters. And uh, I think it always boils down to is, um, um, like, does the, the attributes and the look of the, the god character you want to create work in the context of the story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but
2: it's always like a a tricky type of character because a god sort of implies that it's someone who is almost Mm all-powerful and that's a really hard thing to make a story out of. It is. I mean, I think Superman has proven that
1: again and again and again, because the story is about a guy who can't be beaten. Yeah, And it, it takes you only that far. You have to find some way to beat him. <laughs> Otherwise it's not interesting. Q Kryptonite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Lex Luthor, Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> well, Denim, the airplanes got him. Oh, no.
3: It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the
0: beast. What's your favorite god character then?
3: My favorite god character, besides Superman, um, oh, uh, oh, that is hard.
1: <laughs> I actually like the the the, the gods uh, in in Clash of the Titans, the old Ray yeah. Harryhausen movies, and uh, I mean cheesy and but fun and uh, not taken very seriously.
0: <laughs> no. Earlier we discussed that that monsters can be more scary if you don't really see their expression or or see their face. Uh, I just thought of the fact that that the Christian God uh, in the Old Testament, you, you never see him. So he's a more scary yeah. god in a way, Interesting. Uh, as By opposed fear. to the New Testament with Jesus. You, you have his face and he's friendly and he's like yeah. And every, I guess, every country has their own brand of Jesus as well. Yeah. That's true.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like basically what American gods, is <laughs> <It's> reflecting. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was lovely to have you here. I, I could go on chatting for hours about this, and and uh, you out there. As usual, you can see all the things we talked about at the Goodbye Kansas website, goodbyekansas.com. Do mail us if you have thoughts or feedback. In our next episode, we'll go all nostalgic and talk about old visual effects, from Georges Méliès to old King Kong and the wizardry of Ray Harryhausen. Don't miss it. Until next time, goodbye, à bientôt, auf Wiedersehen, wie